Hello everyone, Alistair here. We tend to do a Metacast every year around this time, and this year it's a little different. You see, this Metacast was recorded live at Worldcon in Spokane in August. Now, we know in the past you've let us know our Metacasts are too long, so we've cheated. This one is actually split into three parts, and what we've done is configure it in such a way that all the meaty stuff in each one is really easy to find. This is part one, and if you're interested in how the company is going and what our plans are, this is pretty much the only part you need to listen to. I introduce you to some of the staff at EA, we talk more about Mothership Zeta, and we have a very, very special announcement. Part two is more of the Q&A session, along with a great flash story, Final Corrections by M. Bernardo, narrated by Wilson Fowley. We talk a bit more about what's been going on behind the scenes at EA, and what we hope to bring you in the future. Part three... Part 3 is a special treat. A live narration by Podcastle's own M.K. Hobson of her original story, The Last Unenlightened Man. So, enjoy the Metacast, either all three parts or whichever one you fancy. And now, over to me. Hello, this is the Escape Artists Q&A session happening at 6pm Friday, August 21st at Sasquan World World Science Fiction Convention in Spokane, Washington. Good evening, everybody. Good evening, Alistair. For those of you who don't know me, uh, my name is Alistair Stewart, and I have the singular honor of being the owner of Escape Artists Incorporated. Now, uh, for those of you who don't know what that is, Escape Artist is a flotilla of three podcasts. Each one does short genre fiction. The idea is we are designed to fit in your commute. So, um, in fact, pointing at my manly chest, Escape Pod does science fiction. Pseudopod does horror, uh, apparently. Uh, Podcastle does fantasy. These shows have run for within sight of 10 years. Uh, Escape Pod is technically celebrating its 500th episode around now. Um, Yes. Um, Pseudopods is up next year. Podcastle has a couple of years after that. What we've done is very odd. And whenever people ask me about it, the best analogy I can give them is an extremely British one. We've accidentally created Radio 4 again. Now, to, to give you an example, BBC Radio 4 was one of the first radio stations to be set up in the UK in post-war. It was the one that everything was shuffled off onto. Um, there's a term in England, the light programme. This is how repressed my country is. For a very, very long time, there was a single comedy show that was on once a week on Radio 4. It was called the light programme. And the announcement before it was essentially, and now there will be half an hour of levity. Please prepare yourselves. Now, I mention this because over the following six or seven decades, Radio 4 has become the oddest, most brilliant radio station on the planet. This thing opens, uh, I swear I am not making this up, it opens with a program called The Daily Tweet. The Daily Tweet is a 15-minute documentary about a bird song. (laughs) It changes every day. So they send a group of people out to record a bird and go, that was a chaffinch. Let's talk about a chaffinch. You'll probably want some coffee now. And it has accreted, over the years, uh, this incredible reputation for being unique and eccentric and weird. And Escape Artist has done exactly the same thing. I I always mention to people that the first show I ever downloaded was Pseudopod Episode 1. 
I downloaded it on a 56K dial-up modem on one of those god-awful olive green iMacs that was supposed to be so high-tech and advanced and made of smoky plastic. And it took longer than the episode ran to download it. And it was worth every second. Because over the course of that decade, over the course of the close to a thousand episodes we have on file, we have given an opportunity and a voice and a spotlight to so many amazing authors and amazing voices. And I mean that both in the authorial and narratorial sense. It's a program and a company and a show that has provided more than I can articulate for me. It's the job I've held longest of any ever. And that was not a pleasant realization when I came to it, <laughs> believe me. But it's true. I've not worked anywhere else for a decade. My first episode of Pseudopod was 48. 448 was a little while ago. And I love it. And it's the big reason why I bought it. Well, that and we had some trouble, but we might come to that. But the trouble's all fine then. And really, I just wanted to do this for a couple of reasons. Firstly, because I'm gobshite and I love the sound of my own voice. And secondly, <laughs> Because over the course of that decade, the shows have introduced me to some of the finest people I've ever met. And an awful lot of them are here tonight. And so are some of the fantastic people I've met very recently involved in our new projects. So what I'm going to do uh, is walk you around the audience briefly and introduce you to the various folks that uh, we have here from the staff. Then I'll, we'll take some questions from anyone who wants to ask them. We have a couple of readings if anybody fancy it. And if you want to ask me what my favorite Doctor Who story is, I can and will tell you. Uh, also, I can prove all four Invasion of the Body Snatchers movies happen in the same continuum. <laughs> but that might not be relevant to tonight. But I can do it. Anyway, before I go any further, I really have to introduce the gentleman who is very kindly standing to my immediate left. Wilson Fowley is one of the best Woo! narrators we have. Wilson is also a perfect example of the thing which makes escape artists extraordinary in that no one does one job. Uh, he's incredibly active and accurate on the podcast or Facebook community. He's narrated for two of the other shows. He works incredibly hard and brings a tremendous amount of professionalism to everything he does. And it's a pleasure to have him here with us. Sitting on the edge of a sofa, hoping that I will not pick on her next, I suspect, and for that I'm really sorry, uh, is Mer Lafferty. Mer is one of the reasons I'm in podcasting. Um, I Should Be Writing, her writing advice podcast, was one of the very first shows I listened to. And I asked her for advice a couple of times. She gave me really good advice. <laughs> she does that. And we became very, very close friends. And now we are in the unique position, which I believe we articulated to an audience, for the first time earlier today, of being each other's boss. Um, I work for Mer in the capacity of a business manager. And at the same time, Mer also works for me as the editor of Mothership Zeta, our new digital magazine, which will be launching very shortly. So Mer is here with us today, and I would like to thank her very much for giving up some of her valuable time. You're welcome, Al. Thank you. Also with us, because this is the other thing, 
This community is gloriously untidy and eccentric, and everyone kind of helps out everybody else. Is the incredible Laura, who is unbelievably active and enthusiastic and hardworking with the Parsec Awards and is wearing a fantastic hat. And Dr. John Smart, known to many of you as Smidge in the Snack Cake, and along with Wilson and Mr. Robison, who we will come to, the, the possessor of a bona fide set of buttery man vocals. <laughs> Next up, the magnificent, the incomparable MK, who has done so much work with us with Podcastle and is one of those voices, like so many of the people who we work with, who were always, you just relax when you hear her. You just, oh, it's fine. She's here. This is going to rock. Thank you so much for coming. Also with us today is Divya, who is one of our newest arrivals and is one of the people who has exploded out of the blocks. <laughs> Shut up, you have. Don't be giving me skeptical eyebrows. And is doing huge amounts of really impressive stuff in one of the most difficult areas we have, which is simply getting these stories to the point where we can produce them. And Divya is one of the behind-the-scenes dynamos we have, and it is a singular pleasure to meet you and to have you here today. There are many things I could say about Dave Robison. All of them. <laughs> Much like stories on Pseudopod are true. Um, fortunately, none of them are horrifying. Dave is, is extraordinary. He is one of the most relentlessly positive, incredibly articulate human beings I have ever met. He's also one of the very few people I know whose response to, do you think we should do this thing, is, yeah. <laughs> Here's why. Also, yet another set of buttery man vocals. And the genius behind not only Vex Mosaic, which is a pop culture essay dissection site, and has served as a place where this conversation has happened. Dave, can I write about the moral trajectory of Captain America and the Winter Soldier? Why don't I have it yet? I love you. <laughs> and the Writer's Roundtable podcast, which, along with I Should Be Writing, is essential. It does this incredible thing where he breaks the show down into two parts, a 20-minute discussion with a guest author and an hour-plus workshop where Dave and his two other fellow hosts will essentially, I, I believe I used the Fast and Furious metaphor the last time I was on, will essentially do the souping up the car montage from every Fast and Furious movie ever just to your story. And I'm always reminded of a description my dad, who's an English teacher, had for uh, being assessed, which was it was like being politely and courteously beaten up. And I sometimes feel that the authors on Writers Round Table are very courteously and helpfully beaten up. It's that kind of, no, you don't want to do that. Raise your left a little bit. Work on the narrative through line. You got this, you know. And Dave does extraordinary work there. And I've been very privileged to be the guest host multiple times. So... Next up, very few of you will know about Marguerite in a professional sense. That will change. Uh, you'll find out one of the reasons why tonight. Marguerite Kenner is the love of my life. I, I could stay there, I could stop there, but let's face it, I won't. <laughs> she is the most amazing person I've ever met. She is endlessly organized and positive 
and does not put up with a single picosecond of my crap. <laughs> and is the only person I know less able to say no to work than me. She has done a huge amount across the last six months in getting Escape Artists Battle ready. All of it thankless, all of it almost completely invisible. And without her, we wouldn't be here. I certainly wouldn't be here. She can drive. So. <laughs> Last, but by absolutely no means least, Karen Bovenmeyer is one of our newest people. She is our non-fiction editor on Mothership Zeta, the new digital magazine. Karen is incredible. I have uh, met very, very few people who are so organized and so friendly and positive with it. And Karen, combined with Marguerite and Mer and everyone else we've got, has been doing just incredible work in turning the company from something which, at times, has been a loose collection of personalities falling downhill into something extraordinary. So, again, thank you. Okay, so does anyone have any questions? What's Mothership Zeta? Why, Mr. Robeson, I'm delighted that you asked that completely <laughs> unexpected question. Mothership Zeta, and in fact, I'm going to briefly summarize this, and if Mer or Karen want to jump on and talk about it a little bit too, that's fine. Okay. Uh, Mothership Zeta is going to be, by the way, very brief diversion, because I'm on this side of the Atlantic, uh, I try very hard to conform to established linguistic protocol. Over here, it's Z and Zeta. On the other side, it's, it's still Z and Zeta, but I like to pretend I don't. Um, Mothership Zeta is going to be our quarterly uh, digital magazine. It's going to be available uh, in some time. Shortly, I'm reading my notes. <laughs> no, um, would you like to take this one? <laughs> Mothership Zeta will be launching in October. Uh, we've already had one full submission period where uh, two, in two weeks we got over 800 stories. Nice. The uh, slush team is still working through that. <laughs> and uh, but So we're launching in October with our first uh, zine and we'll be opening again in October to more stories, probably not for two weeks this time, possibly for one, possibly for a small two-hour window late at night at some point, just to say we did it, because we said we would. Uh, but, no, we got some really amazing stories, and we're very excited. So, uh, that, so I, I guess your question was, when are we launching? October. October. Cool. Anything else? Um... Not really, although if you could talk about what, what's one of the things you're most excited to see. You mean specifically or just overall what the magazine's about? I think overall. Well, we are taking the idea that we tried to, well, we succeeded in, but we, we hatched with Escape Pod, which is fun science fiction, but we wanted to be able to carry that over. Podcastle doesn't hold itself to being fun. Pseudopod very difficult to hold itself to being fun. So uh, we decided to say we're going to cover all the genres and we're going to look for fun stuff. And if people say, how do you find fun horror? I point to Cabin in the Woods uh, as one of the most fun horror stories I've ever read or seen on uh, uh, movies. But, um, and there are others. Buffy can be considered fun horror. But uh, we, we are looking for fun stuff. And the, example, the, the definition of fun is always always <laughs> hotly debated. Um, I, I think we've come to the fact that it's 
something, it doesn't have to have a happy ending. It doesn't have to be funny. It doesn't have to be saccharine and sweet. It doesn't have to be silly. But you want to end the story with a satisfying going, yeah, that, that was the end of the story. That was good. It, I'm not saying that sad stories don't have their place, but, you know, uh, we don't want you to end a Mothership Zeta story sobbing your eyes out. <laughs> They're really good stories that do that, but we're not going to be buying them. So, um, we're just looking for satisfying stories that make you feel good when you read them. So, that's what we are all about. Yay! Mr. Robeson! I heard that there was nonfiction involved as well. Okay, Bo? Yes, we do have a nonfiction in uh, Mothership Zeta, and one of the people we're going to be featuring, can I talk about gender? Uh, James Patrick Kelly, who's a multiple award-winning short, short fiction writer. And, and a well-known teacher. Yes. Loves running workshops, loves talking to new authors, loves taking stories apart. Yes, he's an excellent teacher. And um, he's going to be looking at a story that's in that issue and teaching you why it works and how you can take those tricks and put them into your own work, which is we're really excited about. I'd love to take uh, uh, credit for it. I'm sure Karen would too, but Jim came up with it. We told him we, he wanted a, he we wanted us to we wanted him to write for us, and so he's like, "How about this?" And I'm like, "Oh my God, yes, please, please." So yes, that was all Jim Kelly's uh, idea, but we really can't, especially, <laughs> we've already chosen our first story. It is not PG rated, but uh, it, it is also not sexy. It's a very strange little story, and Jim's going to be taking it apart for us, and I can't wait. <laughs> it was very intimidating to send him that story, having him had been my teacher at one point. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, that's what was in that story that I sent you. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, thanks for choosing that, Murr. <laughs> So there's that, but we also have a scientist who's going to be writing scientific articles of interest for us, and we're going to do some reviews and have some other cool stuff in there to keep you guys up to date. Can I talk about Liz and Bonnie? Okay, so Elizabeth Hand, who is a World Fantasy Award winner amongst many others, long list, she has given you a list of her favorite books of 2014, and the reason why this is awesome is she's done book reviews for the Washington Post and a lot of other big name magazines for decades and so she's an extremely experienced reviewer so she's giving you you know these are the best books of 2014 in my experienced opinion and Bonnie Jo Stufflebeam do you know who Bonnie Jo Stufflebeam is? Yay! He's awesome. Besides the best name in genre. Yes. Yeah, pretty awesome. She's a, a new uh, writer who just has hit the scene she's published over 30 stories over the last two years she is amazing. She also has written a short story review blog and so I said, hey, you know what? Once you write a companion article to go with Liz's, that's what's your favorite 2014 short fiction? Um, which included 21 Steps to Enlightenment that was on Escape Pod. If you listen to Escape Pod, you're familiar with that excellent story. And she listed, you know, like 20 other stories <laughs> that not to have missed. And uh, we'll be providing links to those in our uh, teaser issue. Yes. Thanks very much. Yay! Sensei. So since you have this new title out, Mothership Zeta, like, what are you hoping to bring to speculative fiction market that isn't out there already? Or are you responding to kind of the way the industry is going right now? <laughs> you want me to take that one? Yes, please. Okay. Um, it's, the, short 
because I wanted to. It was a really bad reason. So you go. You take it. Because we wanted to. Yes! <laughs> um, the more accurate answer is, is yes, all of the above. I am belligerently positive about short fiction as um, a market and as an industrial model. And I'm belligerently positive about it for two reasons. I really like being paid. And the more that you get of it, the more markets that, that you see hit this stuff and start to be successful and start to build, the more the perceived wisdom that this is an industry that is calcified and you only have two or three routes to market is revealed to be nonsense. I mean, just off the top of my head, The Future Fire is crowdfunding their first anthology now. Uncanny is 91% towards year two being done. Lightspeed, Clark's World, Fireside, you know, Glittership. We, we are now, we're really now, now at the point where EA should have been doing one of these years ago. And because we have the opportunity to expand into a slightly different field, it means everybody wins. It means we have the opportunity to do more stuff. It means we have the opportunity to approach a slightly different format and a slightly different model. And it also means that other people will look at us, hopefully, and go, oh, that, that can happen? Great, I want to do that. So it's making everything more inclusive and make, opening more doors to people and proving that this is an industry and a group that can build and make positive things. What's the rating limit for Mothership? Um, the rating limit for Mothership? That's an interesting... Uh, well, like I said, one of our first ones is definitely not PG. Um, I wouldn't call it X. It's, uh, no, it's, it's, it is a story that features sex very much, but it is not in a sexy way at all. It's very, it's very hard to describe. Um, but we'll, you know, we really can't think of anything that's actually graphically sexual or graphically violent that we would also consider fun. So we're not going to be going in those directions. But um, I, we're going to make it pretty clear in the first issue that we will pretty much print anything that we find fun, and we'll be putting, you know, <laughs> maybe you sh your kids shouldn't read this one. Warnings on there, but uh, yeah. And there's actually a secondary point to be made from both that and uh, Setsu's question, which is um, Escape Artist has been three shows for a very, 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 very long time. And expansion is something which is now not just possible, but I would argue mandatory. It's time for us to go and try new things and new stuff. And Mothership Zeta is just the start of this. Uh, the current plan is at some point ideally within the next six months, what's more likely within the next 12, we will be bringing a fourth show aboard. That fourth show already exists. Its editor is in front of you. Uh, we are going to be... <laughs> Marguerite edits Cast of Wonders, which is a Parsec award-winning YA podcast, and they are a perfect choice to bring aboard. I wanted to make absolutely certain they were a perfect choice to bring aboard back when this first came up. Because I'm, I'm very aware that the math on this one is really simple. New show, fiancé of owner, conflict of interest. <laughs> so I sat everybody down at one of the several year-long Skype meetings that we had to have at that particular time and basically went, look, 
I think we need to expand. I think we have two options. The first is to build a new show entirely from scratch. The second is to bring one in that already exists. And the most logical, the most logical one to do that with is Cast of Wonders. I'm also aware that the one which will look most like I'm going, no, my fiancé gets to come work for us now because I say so, is Cast of Wonders. And if any of you have an issue with it coming aboard, it won't be. And the general response from editorial was essentially, why aren't they one of ours already? No, our response was, why do you keep repeating this, Al? We understand. Because he really, really wanted to make it clear everything that was happening and make sure none of us misunderstood. You see, th this is actually my management style. I, I work off the annoyance principle. It, it, <laughs> it, if, if I have said something so many times and qualified something so many times, you go, God, yes, fine, we get it. Ah! Then I've... I've probably done it enough. It's the British way. It's yes. The British <laughs> yes. Now, for those of us that don't know Cast of Wonders, what is it and why does it fit so well in the EA model? Cast of Wonders is YA short fiction. We've existed for over four years, and those of you who are familiar with Graham Dunlop, who's the co-host of Podcastle, it's the show he started with Barry J. Northern of Cast Macabre fame, which is sadly folded. I was a slush reader from the beginning, and when Graham wanted to step away and concentrate more on narration and other voice work, they asked me to take over originally as host and then eventually as editor. We're a good fit because we recommend stories to each other already all the time. It's a very common pool of narrators, it's a common pool of authors, and we all have kind of a, a serious overlap in terms of fun science fiction. What to, type of stories does Cast of Wonders do? Well, I don't define YA so much as what it is as what it isn't. I consider it an anti-genre. We exclude specific things, and that is explicit sexual violence or language. But the type of story you might hear on Pseudopod is something we might run as well. We'll run horror, we've run comedy, science fiction, modern fantasy, high fantasy. What we look for is just the X factor, a spark. We call it a sense of wonder. Like Mur described, you want to end a story with a sensation of fulfillment. You know, this is good. This went somewhere and I feel good about it. So it's, it's not going to be all of that unusual of a content of something you might have heard on EA. In fact, there, there's a secret plan that I'm working on right now that a familiar character that has appeared in stories across all three casts might be returning for our debut. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Nice. That's my plan. Yay. Thanks, me. Now, me. So yeah, a fourth show. The chap who was just here explained why we're going for it, and we're really excited to have them come aboard. A fourth show is something we've been wanting to do for years, and no idea has ever quite made it off the launch pad. Cast of Wonders, with its back catalogue, established format, and close relations with EA, is already a perfect choice. Plus, and I know this is something Marguerite will talk about when the show steps across, Cast of Wonders actually has the widest remit of any fiction podcast I know. Pick any four episodes at random, and I promise you, you will find four wildly different genres, subject matters, and approaches. The one thing that unites them is the thing that unites the existing three EA shows fun, and through that, the love of good stories. 
There's a wider point here too. Folding Mothership Zeta and Cast of Wonders into the mix is a very large scale expansion and it's one the company's needed for a while. It's also a hugely increased amount of fun stuff for listeners and a hugely increased amount of work for us. So, if you can, please go to any of the three sites. MZ's site will be online shortly and donate or subscribe. Donations are one-off amounts of your choice. Subscriptions are a targetable amount that begins at two bucks a month and you would not believe how much that helps. So please donate if you can. And do please listen to the other two parts of the Metacast. The first is a reading by the incredible Wilson Fowley of one of my favourite pieces of flash fiction from this year, Final Corrections, Pittsburgh Times Dispatch by M. Bernardo. The second is the incredible M.K. Hobson premiering a new story she wrote especially for the Q&A, The Last Unenlightened Man, and both performances are incredible. So do please check them both out. And if you do, I'll see you over there in a couple of seconds.